This show is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network, the Justice League of board game podcasts. Find out more at Dicetower.com. Yes! Episode 269. Hello, everybody. We are so excited for this one. We have a great guest on the show this week. This is our longtime friend, longtime listener, I guess. Mr. Video Game <laughs> Mr. Himself. Mr. Video Game himself, Stephen Tootsman. How are you doing today, Stephen? Doing all right. I am. I, I like the title Mr. Video Game. I'm going to take okay. it. I That's think fine. we introduced it a year ago yeah, um, for you, and I, I like it too. Uh, it's, it is, you are our uh, remote consultant. What's the like on-site consultant? Correspondent, what, what are, whatever uh, it is, I don't know. On location, on location, on location in video game world. Stephen Dutzman, <laughs> yeah, Stephen, yep. Mister Video Game Dutzman. Okay, uh, <laughs> it is two hundred sixty nine of the Family Gamers podcast. And as always, I have a fact for you about the number two sixty nine. All right, what is it? Okay, I need to. I know you're not really a YouTube listener. You don't listen to YouTube. Uh, not Stephen, really. Stephen, do you are, do you avail yourself of the YouTube? No, that that's old dude music. I'm, I'm, I mean, we're old. Now. I would like to point out that you and I are both old dudes. Yeah, but I'm I'm young at heart. That's why I'm Mr. Video Game. <laughs> okay, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. All right. Well, uh, our fact this week is about a YouTube song called Hawkmoon 269. Okay. Uh, so the apocryphal story of the Hawkmoon part is that they were driving through North Dakota and they drove through a town called Hawkmoon. And Bono thought it was cool sounding, so that's how it ended right, up with, sure. with Hawkman. But the 269 is they went through 268 mixes of this song that they did not like before they settled on the one that they did. Wow, that's a lot. Hawkmoon 269. If I can get my druthers together, that might be the bump music for the show, but I won't know that until later. So yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try to do that. So that is your fact for episode 269, Hawkmoon 269. It's on the U2 album Rattle and Hum. Which is a which means nothing to very, me. Are you That's for fine. real? Wow. Okay. Well, my apologies to apparently the older dudes. You're old. I'm out of touch, and he doesn't <laughs> want to be old. So this is going well so far. Anyway, all right. Hawkwind two sixty nine on rattle and hum. I like it. It's a good song. Sure. You uh, would like to share something about our sponsor, First Move Financial. I would. How do you maintain your budget during the holiday season with gift giving and big family meals, decorations, increased travel, probably? Seasonal activities. That's a lot. The first step is to recognize that you need a budget. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Focus first on the big spending areas like gift giving. Create a list of everyone you intend to buy a gift for and set a maximum that you'll spend on that person. You can use the same list to track ideas with links to items. And then when you buy the gift, you can keep track of what was bought, where you hid the gift, and how much you spent. (laughs) After a few years, this can become a habit and make it much easier to stay on budget. With your grocery budget, think about making at least part of your hosted meals potluck so other guests help with the expense of the meal. The best tip, though, is to pay attention to how much your spending increases during the holidays this year. Then, starting in January, begin setting money aside for next year based on the budget you experienced. If you want to talk through other ideas to take some of the stress out of the holidays, set up a time to talk to First Move Financial by going to firstmovefinancial.com familygamers and do it today. All right. Thank you so much to First Move for sponsoring this episode of the show. We really do appreciate everything that First Move has done for us. 
including our PAX Unplugged trip, which is coming up in a couple which of weeks. Which is coming up soon. We're talking about things that we need to budget. There uh, you go. Yes. All right. Well, <clears throat> this is a show with a video game guest, Mr. Video Game himself. We talked last week about our board game uh, gift-giving guide yes, on thefamilygamers.com. We, we do not have a video game gift-giving guide because we have our foreign correspondent, Stephen Dutzman, to talk about video games. So that's what we're going to talk about second half of the show. And this is where I get to play the role of, of confused parent who knows almost nothing about video games. I'm good at that role. <laughs> Unless we're talking about, like, Legend of Zelda and Katamari Damacy. Outside of those, I don't know what's going on, and so I depend on somebody else to give me advice. So, Stephen, that's you. You know what? You're in safe hands. You're in safe <laughs> hands. I am Mr. Video Game. Report. I'm a foreign correspondent reporting from uh, the Sinnoh region. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, where do we want to start? Don't you guys have like a – you guys are way more structured than me. So I do know that I'm an agent of chaos. And normally when you bring me here, my format, which is there is no format, infects your show. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But like I want to play I want to play nice because I'm 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 the visiting team. So <laughs> just tell me, go about your business as your audience would expect, okay. and then just tell me when you want me to ramble. Well, how about this? And then I'll go. We'll go with with our normal business, but with a Mr. Video Game twist. How does that sound? That sounds fine. That sounds right. fine. Again, I just I'm an agent of chaos. Yes. And, and, and you are I, you're a hype man too. You're you're a Mr. I'm all, well, I think hype is just inherently chaotic. It's hard to have order <laughs> orderly excitement is like it just sounds kind of boring. You know, I'm thinking orderly excitement is what like a kindergarten teacher tries to impose and encourage on on her class. Like be excited, but there are lines. Please get back in line. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? So this part of the show is where we generally talk about what we've been playing. Yeah. So maybe this week we can talk about video games we've been playing. So we are card carrying Uber nerds. I mean, we've been doing yes. a podcast about board games for six years. Uh, You'd think that would be yes. enough. But we also play video games, and we play a fair bit of them, as it turns out. Uh, you play a fair bit. I am at the no, point I of mostly play playing board games, games online. But anyway, uh, but, you know you know who plays more video games than either one of us is Steven. Steven, what have you been playing lately? Oh, man. Um, all right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this in three categories. There's the games that I will always play. Uh-huh. There are the uh, family games that I have been playing. And then I will always bring one for the grownups because I think that it's important to have stuff to do when the parents, uh, when the kids go to bed rather. So the games that I have been playing because I have always been playing them is I have been playing an absurd amount of uh, World of Warcraft. I started playing since we last spoke. So we last spoke around holiday time last year. Well, we speak all the time, but we were last recorded while speaking. And uh, since then, I started playing WoW again. And no, wait. No, I was playing WoW before then. I don't even know. Time is a flat circle. The pandemic has done weird things for my ability to perceive time Mm -hmm. um, more than age. So I'm still playing and I am uh, enjoying it. I am what the biggest development since then is now I play with my son um, who he plays with me. What is wild about this is, and I've told this story probably on the show many, but he was born while my guild, I was not with them, but my guild was in a raid while he was born. So like he is like my world of Warcraft guild is older than my son. And now he is in it um, and (laughs) he is raiding with us. 
And it is both terrifying, but also like it's a really cool experience to like be able to kind of share some of these moments with him. Mm -hmm. And he also does a very good job of trolling them when they make pop culture references that he doesn't understand. You know that scene in Civil War where Spider-Man is like, remember that really old movie? (laughs) (laughs) He does that. At least once a week, and it's brilliant. So, Fantastic. so um, ask him about rattling home. Uh, <laughs> he uh, he will he will he googles a lot of stuff. He oh, googles a lot of stuff. So that's so that is a game that I have been playing and will probably not stop. I mean, we got we've had a new expansion since the last time we spoke, and it's going. Obviously, they're having some difficulties as a company, but I uh, uh, yeah. I believe that those are going to be coming to an end shortly as much as they can. Uh, Cause I think their CEO is uh, he's, he's going to be gone soon. You think Codex on his way out? Oh yeah. He, he, he's gotta be. Um, he was fine until uh, Phil Spencer and uh, one of the heads at PlayStation both made public statements about it. Yeah. Which means those are the public statements, Oof. which means there is definitely stuff in back channels where they're yeah. like, no, for real. Can you not, it's obviously World of Warcraft and Overwatch and Hearthstone. It has hurt all of those brands. It's unquestionable right. that it has. But like, you know, Call of Duty bros generally don't care. But like the people that that do marketing deals for Call of Duty definitely care. Mm-hmm. And we're talking like millions of dollars. So anyway, we could spend a podcast talking about that. And that's off topic. But I think Kodak is gone. I would bet that he'll be, I think he'll be gone before the new year. Yeah, I think that there's going to be enough. It's just going to keep getting worse. It's just going to keep getting worse as more companies pile onto them. So anyway, so that is something that I've, I made the, and I I put this on TikTok around then. The reason I have not stopped, because a lot of people did ask, why have I not stopped? Why do I still publicly play? And it really comes down to a lot of the people that I play with are women who are in also in marginalized communities who they didn't want to stop. So the reason I didn't leave is because I wanted to stay to support all of my friends who wanted to stay. And so as a result, I'm trying to be a good example. I'm raising my teenager to be a good example. And, you know, we're calling out the bad actors in chat and we're doing what we got to do. So that has been fun. The family-friendly games that I have been playing, I definitely need to shout out Forza Horizon 5. Mm-hmm. Yep. Our kids have been playing that. Yes, they were they counting down the days until it released. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did they get bummed when it came out on Friday, but also didn't come out on Friday because of the uh, the fact that technically it came out on that Friday the fifth if you bought the DLC packs or if you bought the hundred dollar deluxe edition. Otherwise, you had to wait until the fifth or the ninth rather if you wanted to play it for free. Yes, with Game Pass. Um, I think Game Pass always said the ninth, so they were fine with it. So oh, they, they were cool? All right. Yeah, they didn't even oh, know. Oh, they definitely did. They're like, it's downloaded. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, can't yeah. Play yeah. Well, pre-downloaded like two weeks ago. So Yeah. My oldest saw the release date on Twitter and just assumed it was the 5th. And so when he downloaded it, he didn't even look at the date because he just assumed. And then I was like, dude, I don't think so because we're not paying for it. I'm not buying the $100 deluxe edition. We found out on Sunday, which is when it was – far too late to do anything about it that all you had to really do was pre-order the two dlc packs that they're going to do and you uh. could have gotten it and you could have unlocked the access and had i known that i would have done that that would have been you know sure. by the yeah. dlc anyway but at the end it's an open world action rpg where instead of combat you race cars like yep. 
There's really, it's amazing. It's probably the best looking video game with a few exceptions that I have ever seen. I mean, this is so good. It's so pretty. The cars are amazing. Man, just every little decision that they made about that game is was correct. Yeah. Like I have no notes for them. <laughs> you know, it got a tent just about everywhere for a reason. It's certainly in contention for one of our games of the year. It's going to live on the EFG Essentials list in perpetuity, unless Forza Horizon 6 comes out in a bunch <laughs> of years and is even better. Yeah. It's so freaking good. I, I think that this is a race car game that people who don't like race car games can still get into. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I've definitely watched so our oldest has liked Forza Horizon already. But this is one where even even the other kids who don't necessarily care, they saw all of the different things that she could do. And they were like, I I want that. I want to do that, too. So yeah. that speaks well for it. And it's accessible enough that they can do it. Yes. And that's not easy to do in a racing game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so... And you guys know that I'm horrifically bad at video games, comedically bad. And even I can play this game. So uh, that says a lot. All the different assists and options to make the game easier and more accessible. So great. So I actually, for anybody that has an Xbox, if you were like, wow, that game looks cool, but it's not for me. If you have Game Pass, I promise you it's going to be worth a couple hours. Download it while you're asleep one night. Try it the next day. I think everybody's going to like it. Truthfully, you may not love it. You may not play it forever, but I think everybody's going to play it for a couple hours and be like, you know what? That was a good Friday night. Yeah, by the way, I mean, speaking of Game Pass, since you mentioned that I plan on this coming Friday, Black Friday, hitting the twenty five dollar Game Pass three month card sale pretty hard. And I strongly recommend that to anybody who has an Xbox. Twenty five bucks, you get three months of Game Pass. You can pile as many of those as you want to. So um, I'm getting mine at Target. Get, Get a year's worth. Uh, I'll, I'll be getting more than a year's worth so that I don't run out just before the holidays again, like we did this year. Fair. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's a, that's a big one. Yeah. So, so it's, it's game pass. It, wow. Yeah. I mean, it, that's, a, it is anything you can do to save money on game pass. You, you know, even incrementally is a, is a good deal. Cause game yeah. pass is such a good deal. Well, if you think about it, $25 for three months means you're paying like eight fifty a month for game pass. hundred percent. hundred percent. It's yeah. insane. Hundred percent. Yep. So it is we'll spending like one hundred and fifty bucks on that, <laughs> and that's fine. We're totally going to get our money's worth. I mean, you're going to spend like one hundred and fifty bucks, and it's going to be the equivalent of like ten to twenty games that uh-huh. get played this minimum, year. Minimum, more than that. Probably more than that. Uh, I mean, probably more. And what's what's really interesting about it is Game Pass. I mean, th- this is part of my gift guide. Is talking about it's a practical gift, but it's like a subscription to Nintendo Power. It's like so safe. Yes. And yep. so fun and will always be appreciated because yep. you can always stack it on the end. Mm-hmm. Game Pass has replaced Blockbuster for me. And I didn't have Blockbuster. We haven't had that for a while. Cause you, and, and Andrew, you might remember this. And Anitra, and I don't know if what your experience was with this. But, like, we used to go on Friday to, on Friday after school to the local, you know, re- video rental place mm-hmm. or Blockbuster yeah. or whatever and rent a game for the weekend. So instead of buying new stuff, we would go, we would rent a couple games. My brother and I would alternate. Maybe we'd get lucky and my parents would rent us too because they had a coupon, you know, that yeah. kind of deal. And then they would oh, yeah. go back Monday morning on their way to work and that would that's our weekend. And so we had a lot of games that we played, but that we only had for a few days. And I became super okay with that. What that has done to me is that there are some Saturday mornings where I wake up and I'm like, you know what? 
I probably should be responsible, quote unquote, and play these other games. But I really just want to play something new. And before I would go into the eShop or somewhere and find something that was on sale and I would end up spending money and sometimes it would be 15 bucks and sometimes it would be more. Now it's never, it's, it's nothing because I, now I just go onto my PC or on my Xbox, boot up game pass. And there is always something new that is the equivalent of renting it. And I love it. I mean, the the opportunity to be like, "Eh, that looks interesting. I'll try it out which would never happen. I mean, even if it was a dollar, it's like, eh, I'm not going to spend a buck. But like, it's functionally free to be like, I don't yeah. know what this Lost Words it is thing already is. Why not? And speaking of Lost Words, I'm going to butt in here. Okay, I'll so this is Fine. This right. is the video game that I've been playing the most, which is uh, Lost Words Beyond the Page. Mm-hmm. You know, it looked vaguely interesting. And then as he's scrolling through, he's like, uh, Rihanna Pratchett. And I was like, yes, download that right now. I will play the entire thing. And you, you and you downloaded it in like three minutes because it was so small. And then yes. you were able to play it and love it or at least be interested in it. Yeah, it was a great game. I'm thinking about going back and playing it again, which is unusual for me at this stage of my life. Uh, because it brings back some of that nostalgia for back in the day when I only had five computer games, and so I would play them over and over again. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Lost Words was, um, it's this very narrative-driven story, and it's basically a basic platformer with a little bit of a little bit of RPG aspects to it. I mean, everything's got a little I bit mean, of RPG in it now. So. these days. But you're going back and forth between this fantasy land and a teenage girl's diary dealing with a really big crisis in her family. And I'm not going to give away the plot of what that is, but both in the diary and in the fantasy world, you're actually taking magic words and literally inserting the word into some spot on the screen to make things happen. Um, That's kind of the conceit of it, but the plot is really well done and there's nothing in there that's super challenging. So it's mostly about, let me discover the story. And there's a few places where you get to customize various things about the story and your character. And it's just enough to be like, hey, my decisions here mattered. They changed the story at least a little bit. Sure. And and that's part of why I'm like, hmm, I wonder how much they actually changed the story if I go back and play this again and make different decisions. Probably not yeah. that much, but... I don't know until I try. Absolutely. No, I, and and think about, uh, again, reiterating, like this was a cool little experience that you're thinking of playing again, like yeah. replaying, yeah. and it, it was functionally free. I get really irritated on the internet when we're like, wow, check out all these free Game Pass games. And they're like, technically you have to pay for it. And I'm like, you know, I'm a pedantic dude, and I, <laughs> I am all in on like sometimes you got to get technical, but like – no one says that you're paying for the shows you watch on Netflix. Like no one says you're paying for, for ESPN when you have your, when you get it as part of cable, but somehow we got to be like, no, nobody does that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sure. We get it. Like you get ESPN and like, you know what I'm saying? Like I get it. It's already paid for. It's included. It feels free. Yes. And that's, and that's what matters yeah. here is that it feels like it was free to get it. Exactly. Because my spending habits would not have changed one way or the other. Right. Yep. Like, exactly. We were always going to have game pass. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of prepaid games. How about that? <laughs> ah, nice. what about prepaid games? Anyway. I, and I also speaking to, you know, 
uh, how Steven said he's always got one one game for the adults. You ready for this, Steven? I rolled credits last night on Gears of War Four. That's a that's a that's a choice. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Gears of War Four. So well, tell me, did you like it? It was fine. I mean, it's a Gears of War game. You know, I, it, Gears of War games are Gears of War games. I mean, that was the one where they kind of put a little bit of horde mode into the middle of the game. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Mostly, I finished it because I played one, two, and three, and I was like two thirds of the way through four when I put it down for years. Uh, wanted to pick it up and just get it done so I could play five so that I could clear some space for Halo Infinite. <laughs> that, that was kind of the, the, the process there. So I, I had been playing it in fits and spurts this year. And then last night I picked it up to find out that literally I had to kill the final boss and I was done with the game, which I did. You know, that has happened to me on a number of occasions where I've played a game and bounced off of it. And then I've come back and be like, wait, so you mean to tell me like I've, was right at the end and all I had to do was push through it. I probably had, there was one week and this was many years ago, but I realized just by like talking to people that I had like six or seven games that I was like two hours away from the end. So I like in this case it was like fifteen minutes. From this, yeah, the this end. was literally the boss fight. And, and, and I mean, plus that game, like the end of that game was terrible because I don't know if you remember the end of that game, but I you finish not. the boss fight and there's there's like two minutes of exposition and there's a plot twist and you're like, oh wait, this person that we're gonna save, it's not happening. Game over. Yeah. It's like, oh, that, that really. I mean, mm-mm. I didn't love that, but but I think I think that. It was all about setting up for Gears 5. Set you up for Gears 5, probably. 100% was. I mean, it 100% was. Man, how about that Halo coming out like it's actually happening? Yeah, but but I'm all about the the co-op campaign, so I'm not going to play for six months. Who are you going to co-op campaign with? My son, my best friend. Either or. All right, that's fair. (laughs) I'm really annoyed about that. Like, really annoyed. Well, I mean, would you have been more annoyed if they put it out and it sucked? I just, like... I, I, I mean, they, just, they just screwed up this whole thing up so badly. Like, this game was supposed to be out a year ago, and now they can't, like, ugh, I don't even want to talk so, about it. Full <laughs> di- full di- you do want to talk about it. Full disclosure, and this is where we won't have a productive conversation about this, so it's probably a good idea to move on, is I know the producer of the multiplayer version. So <laughs> I I can do nothing but defend them. Um, I, I mean, so- I'm just, I, just, like, I just think in general, the optics on this have been so bad. That's all. I think you're probably not wrong. I don't think that there's any way to make it better. I mean, the reality is I think they did the right thing by separating the multiplayer and the campaign. Yeah, but the campaign's coming out. It just, you can't play co-op. Yeah, you're right. But I I will admit I'm not attached to it because I have zero intention of playing uh, Halo with other people. It's a singular experience to me. So I'm biased. Um, If it's important to you, I'm sorry. Um, you're going to have to dodge spoilers for a couple of months. I'll get over it. That's fine. You will. I firmly believe, <laughs> I firmly believe that you will. Uh, I appreciate because, your voice of, vote of confidence on that. <laughs> well, I, also one, because you're a reasonable human being and two, or at least purport to be, but the other piece is at least you get it for free. Right. That's true. Um, and you can play multiplayer right now, which I've been playing and it's good, although I'm terrible. So I'm waiting until all the high level people, like I'm waiting until after Christmas, actually. When like a bunch of like kids get it for Christmas, <laughs> and then I'm gonna I'm gonna hop in with them, and maybe that'll be a little bit more fun because it's really yeah. tough to play Halo multiplayer. So, right. um, last the last thing, my game for the grown up, I have been playing 
Ghosts of Tsushima. Uh, Ghost oh. I want to play that game, yeah. but I'm, I'm waiting until I pick up a PS5, which won't happen until they make a smaller PS5, which means I won't play it until 2024. I mean, that's a choice. <laughs> you can play it on PS4. Yeah, but I have an OG. I have an OG PS4. Uh, it, it, I mean, your load times will be pretty bad. Um, I will tell you this. <laughs> it is really, really, really good. Um, I was playing it before we were recording. I was playing it earlier on today. I'm probably going to play it as soon as we are done. Um, it is ridiculously pretty. The story is interesting, right? I mean, there, I, I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes. I want to see where it goes, which in a lot of cases... Even when I'm interested in stories, um, sometimes I don't care. Here, I'm like, no, I want to know what's going to happen. And um, this is also unique because this is the first game where I have ever deliberately chosen to play a bad guy. Huh, okay. So, uh, because it gives you this interesting morality system because you're a samurai. So samurais are obviously very honorable. And this gives you the opportunity to be the ghost where you get to be like, do you want to be like a stealthy ninja assassin? Which is the evil side. Like, either way, you're turbo murdering, like, a lot of guys. This is not for children. But the uh, but you can turn off the blood in the menus. And if you do that, it's not that bad. But, like, they definitely make noises like they're making, like, blood is going everywhere. But I turned <laughs> it off. So there's that. But they definitely make noises. The sound design is very intense. But, like, so I'm trying, so I just decided to be, like, evil. So I've been absolutely loving it. I definitely, if you have a PlayStation 5, if you're one of the people listening to this and you have it, or you're picking one up and you're looking for a game to play as a grown up, I highly recommend this. This is, you know, it's M rated for a reason. It earns that. But what it feels like is this is Assassin's Creed, but it's in Japan. Okay. And if that's what you want, which there are a lot of people that have wanted that, congrats, you have it. It doesn't have some of the same stuff, you know, but like it's window dressing that's different. And so, yeah, it's pretty cool. I've been playing that a lot and I'm not going to stop. Um, I've been trying to do it in little chunks. Because otherwise I'd be completely unreasonable. I am currently in between jobs. So I'm not spending, I'm spending, I'm limiting it to like an hour a day during the day. Otherwise I would do, I would not apply for any jobs and I would not get any new certifications. I would just be a ninja. Which sounds cool, but it's such a bad idea. (laughs) It sounds great until my wife comes home from work and it's like, so what'd you do today? And I'm like, well, I killed a bunch of guys. Yeah. Could you imagine if I was like, I'm a ninja? She, it would not go well. So yeah. So those are the games that I've been playing among other things. Well, the only other game that I've been playing also involves a lot of blood. uh, And that is Hades. I've been playing so much Hades, like Hades a so lot good. of Hades, like a lot, a lot. I finally looked it up. It says that uh, the Xbox play count is eh, like four and a half days. Yeah, man. So I figure about, about 10 hours of that is my son and the rest of it is me. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really freaking good video game. It's masterfully crafted. The animation is awesome. The uh, The voice acting is cool. Every de- this is another game where I have no notes for them. Every decision they made was the correct one. The soundtrack is bananas. It's so good. Right? The music so, is so um, good. So this game has catapulted our ten year old into a desire to know everything about Greek mythology, which is so wild, right? Like it's it, cool. It, uh, but that's awesome. And when we talk about yeah. they call that uh, like it's called like tangential learning, right? The idea of yes. You, fit, you pick something up 
And it like makes you want to go learn about it, you know, outside of that. Cause you obviously you're not going to learn a lot in Hades outside mm-hmm. of names and like general themes. But once you step outside of it, you know, Greek mythology is one of those things that, man, there's so, there are so many like little kid experts. It's like Greek mythology and dinosaurs, right? <laughs> and, and yep. it's so awesome that he's, that now he's in there. It's like, Man, get him, uh, get him those Percy Jackson books, man. Oh yeah, he's like, in them. Uh, in those two. Like, um, oh, yeah. Although, although, honestly, I will, I will say straight up front, Hades does a better job representing what's considered to be, you know, the truth behind Greek mythology than the Percy Jackson stuff does. Because probably you're, you're, you're right. Because you're right. they're they're molding it all to fit the story they want to tell, and Hades is definitely. They were like, all oh, right. We have such a huge cast of characters, Greek gods and heroes and villains and everything. And we can just slot people in wherever it makes sense for them to fit in this story. It's true. It's true. It's so perfect. You know, I mean, it was a game of the year contender when it came out with good reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is and, and fantastic. It's, and now it's, it's uh, it, oh, sorry, it's prepaid on Game Pass. I will note that when we had you on a year ago, I have in my notes that you said, you were really enjoying Hades and you couldn't stop playing it. And now that it, once Andrew started playing it, it was easy to see why that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is um, one of those games that it is readily apparent why it is good just from w- literally just watching a, a game. You're like, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. And my son and I, we traded back and forth on controllers. I haven't put as many hours into it as Andrew has. That's largely because, you know, I, I have a commitment to World of Warcraft. If, and if it wasn't for that, I would have, Hades would have been my second wife. Just because, <laughs> like, there's just a lot, because it is so good and so exciting. The company that made Hades, every game they've made is a banger. Um, but Hades is just like a cut above. So if you have an Xbox that's going to be under your tree, this year, download Hades. I, I know yeah, there's the a parents, little bit of adultish content in the game. It's rated T. Uh, it's rated T. It's rated T for a reason because Greek mythology should be rated T. Y- yes. I, I mean, I mean, Zeus is the, Zeus is getting around, and they I mean, okay. don't hide that in this game either. <laughs> so I I don't disagree. I think for me, this is a better alternative. The, the reason I recommend Hades and I talk about it, and well, it's not on, it wasn't on our holiday gift guide last year, nor is it now. The reason I recommend it is even with some of the stuff that occurs, it is a better alternative than a lot of the other games that kids want to play. Yes, I agree. So this is one of those, if you are in a family where you're just getting fired at from all sides, like, hey, can I play this? Can I play this? I would rather my kid play, play Hades than Roblox. I would say that a thousand times out of ten, yep. and part of that is because it's a single player game, and so it, it comes down to that. With that said, obviously it is Greek mythology, and it is rated T, and it earns that T rating. Yes. So I mean, we, you know, we have decided to let our ten year old play it, but you know, warning to other parents out there: just because we let our ten year old play it doesn't necessarily mean you want your ten year old to play it. There, there is a romance plot. There is some extremely light language. Oh, some light language. I I mean, read your ratings. Read your ratings as I am sure anyone listening to this podcast is doing that anyway. Um, So that's the advantage. I hope so. I'm hard pressed. Well, I mean, the the data shows that most people are aware of the ESRB. Most parents are. And parents that are are involved enough in games 
to listen to a podcast about it. You know, like we're not guest stars on Oprah. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're just going to be hitting, you know what I mean? Like yeah. if you're listening to either of our shows, the congratulations on being an engaged and involved parent, right? Because that's why you're doing this. Mm-hmm. So they're probably already have a, def- have a decision. And But I agree with Anitra in that this is, you know, it's certainly not for everyone. Just like nothing is for everyone. Um, yeah. You know, but you know your limits. You know what's appropriate. I like Hades as Hades to me is kind of like Overwatch in that it is a game that is, and, and for some people, Fortnite is the same thing. It's like, you know what? Yeah, there's elements about this that are problematic. However, this is a great, well, you know what? I'd rather you not play Black Ops. <laughs> so, like, how about these games that kind of skirt the line? And then you can play God of War and Assassin's Creed when you're older. Yeah. Is where that is. Mm-hmm. Man, now, now you're making me want to go play Hades. That's a, that's a good game. Let's, just, let's, let's get moving to the next segment so, right. I can get in, so I can go download Hades again. Yeah, maybe less Ghost of Tsushima and maybe more Hades. Also, Hades is now available on Switch, so it's like basically on... on oh, yeah, it's on everything. It's on everything. Yeah, absolutely. If your kid's like, hey, I want to play Ghost of Tsushima, you can say no, but you can play Hades instead. Yeah, that's a, that's a good decision. Exactly. Frankly, I'll make that choice. I'd be like, listen, if, if you told me to, I'd be like, fine, I'll go play Hades. <laughs> Twist my arm a little bit more. No, oh no. Yeah. Oh no. All right, well, why don't we do this? In, in the interest of Stephen keeping his sanity, why don't we take a quick break? And we are going to come back and we are going to talk about the video game gift giving guide from Mr. Video Game himself. And engage family game. Alright. Alright. We'll The results-oriented Versatile Explorer, or Rove, has crash-landed on an alien planet. It must reconfigure its modules to navigate the planet and report back. This is a snap review for Rove. Rove is a game for one player, age 8 and up. It was designed and illustrated by Dustin Dobson and Milan Zivkovic, and it's published by Buttonshy. Let's talk about the art in this game. The art for Rove uses some familiar sci-fi and robot tropes. Our little buddy Rove is only ever shown in outline, but he's cute nonetheless, with wide expressive eyes and all kinds of appendages. The iconography is clever and fairly clear, and the six modules are all obviously different from each other. The missions stack together lengthwise to offer a triptych of all that has happened to Rove over the course of a game. The art's all well and good, but how do you play Rove? Let's talk about the mechanics. Start by laying out your six module cards randomly in a grid that is two rows high and three columns wide. The other 12 cards in the wallet are used for both missions and movement. Randomly choose a starting mission card and lay it in front of you, probably above the modules. Then draw a hand of five cards to use for movement points. Play a card for its movement point value to try to arrange the modules to match the current mission. Each module moves in a slightly different way, though. You can gain extra movement points for matching the arrangement shown on a movement card before playing it. Each module also has a special ability that can be used once per game. When you finish a mission, add a new mission to your triptych log and draw one more movement card. Complete seven missions to win the game. 
So let's talk about my expectations for this game, Rove. I love the idea of button-shy games in general. They're compact, they're portable, and they're inexpensive. But their solo games have always been really uneven for me. Uh, Sprawlopolis is great. The solo mode for Tussie Mussie is fine. But others like Twin Stars have just been way too much for me to wrap my head around. My contact at Button-shy promised that this was a family weight game. So I took a chance on it, and I was hoping it would be compact and fast-moving, the kind of solo game I really prefer. I asked my son Asher to come join me to talk about the surprises in Rove. So to start off, Rove is certainly a more complex puzzle than something like Sprawlopolis, but definitely approachable. I've played a bunch of times and I have not managed to beat seven missions yet and win the game, but it's usually on that seventh mission that I run out of options. Even so, I feel a sense of accomplishment every time I complete a mission, more so if I can do it efficiently and use only one movement card. So even though I haven't won yet, these little micro-victories in Rove keep me coming back and trying again and again. How about you, Asher? Well, it's a little less compact on the table than I was expecting, but it's worth, it's worth it to physically move the cards around and solve the puzzle. And it's also really cute to see my progress with the mission log, with, with uh, the little Rove guy just moving around. And doing all kinds of things. Making a bridge, planting, planting, some, planting a garden, learning to speak the alien language, boosting away from a monster. <laughs> As Asher mentioned, uh, there are also plants in the Fantastic Flora expansion. This is an additional six cards. Um, they don't seem to make the game either easier or harder. Uh, it does add more variety, like cute pictures of Rove meeting plants. Sometimes the plants are monster plants. Um, and it gives a way to recharge various module abilities to be able to use them more than once in a game. One of the missions is you get to smell one of the flowers. <laughs> it's really easy to learn, and it's incredibly hard to win. I recommend Rove as a good choice for any solo gamer in your life, whether that person is an adult or a child. This is definitely approachable for an 8- or 9-year-old. The 12 mission and movement cards are enough to keep things fresh, but there's few enough there that you can begin to see how various cards work together and the patterns that are formed for more efficient puzzle solving. So, Mom, what would we rate Rove from Buttonshy? I think we're going to give it four modules out of five. But wait, isn't there six modules? I guess you'll have to find out. You can buy it this Black Friday on the Buttonshy website, buttonshygames.com. And that's Rove in a snap. And we're back. We are here with Steven Dutzman from Engage Family Gaming. And Steven, I, I promised I was going to. I'm going to play Bewildered Mom here. Help it's me. not an act. <laughs> uh, it's only kind of an act. Please help me figure out what kind of video games should be under our Christmas tree this year. I can do that. All right. So why don't we do this? We'll, we'll start with this. We have an Xbox Series X. We are fortunate enough to have one. And we have a Switch. Those are kind of the primary game consoles. Okay. And we have, we, 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 we have a PS4 that doesn't get We do have a PS4, but I think the Series X and the Switch are, are a number one. And iPad. That's our thing. Okay. 
All right, so let's start, let's start with the switch because I, I don't want to be scolded by Anitra for recommending a potentially problematic game again. So I'm, <laughs> I'm afraid of that. Uh, I don't want to get I don't want to get the ruler across the wrist. So um, here your we fear go. Is, is is showing your wisdom, sir? Yeah, my fear is. Listen, I'm not dumb. I play <laughs> I play dumb on TV. All right, so. Nintendo is uh, they specialize in family friendly games. So uh, what I what we did our philosophy when we were designing our Nintendo gift guide was to focus on you know showing some variety but sticking with games that that are from Nintendo. And so uh, my first recommendation is you can literally never go wrong with a Pokemon game. It is one of the biggest children's brands on earth for a reason, and it is only getting bigger. Uh, The pandemic actually, I mean, so many kids got into Pokemon because of the popularity of Pokemon cards, uh, which is just wild to me. And so just this past Friday, uh, a new set of Pokemon games, I say new in air quotes because they are remakes of games that were originally put out on the Nintendo DS, but for most of us, this was before our children were born. So for these guys, this is a this is not a remake for them. So it's Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. We uh, our copies came in yesterday. Full disclosure, Nintendo does not send us free games. My PR rep with Nintendo still calls me Stephanie. So like, you know, we don't I have no I love them, but they don't necessarily know who we are. Um they're like I don't know it's I don't know that girl dot gif, right? So <laughs> but we got our copies yesterday. All three of my kids have started it and are playing it and they love it. These are perfectly accessible. My recommendation is you're not going to want to give this to a kid that's too young to read. That's the real yeah. barrier for entry. Yeah. Um they're role playing games. But my daughter is 8. She's a strong reader and she plays with no problem. Um, it does a really good job of tutor- of doing the tutorial about like how to do stuff, but most kids who are aware of Pokemon understand the <laughs> gameplay loop. You start, you're a 10 year old kid, you go on an adventure, you catch Pokemon, you make your team like they get that. The, so it really is just figuring out what, where to push the button. So that's my first recommendation. Sure. Sure. If for some reason you have a kid and a switch and they don't like Pokemon, not sure that that's possible, but whatever. The next thing is uh, you can never go wrong with a super Mario game of which there are several. However, uh, the one that I'm recommending that came out this year is uh, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. And this is interesting because it's a remake of a Wii U game. I remember the Wii U game. This is superior in every way. You know, the multiplayer is easier to get into. It looks and runs a little bit better. There are some other improvements, but the biggest thing is the Bowser's Fury kind of I hate to call it an add-on, but Bowser's Fury is a full-on open-world Super Mario Brothers game that has never happened. It's short, but it's like an add-on to this game, and it's an open-world Super Mario Brothers adventure. This feels to me like a proof of concept, that they were like, you know what, let's just put it in here, and it's great. So the big piece with this is that it's uh, very co-op friendly. You can play up to four players, so just about everybody can get in there Mm -hmm. with your Joy-Cons and Mm -hmm. play. And it's wild. So it's gorgeous. The music is infectious. Yeah, it's a whole lot of fun. So that's Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. All right. Speaking of you can never go wrong with a Mario game, if you like to hate each other in your family, um, (laughs) may I recommend Mario Party, which is, and it's great that I'm mentioning this with the family gamers because it is a Super Mario version of a board game. I mean, quote unquote, and it, it doesn't live up to our board game standards, which is wild to me because you'd think that they could hire 
a board game designer to like help them, but I digress. It it wouldn't look like the kind of board game that people expect in a Super Mario Party. I don't know. They could figure it out. They could figure it out. There's some smart, smart board game designers. That's true. So uh, so Mario Party Superstars is the best Mario Party game available on Switch right now. There's a couple. Uh, Mario Party Superstars brings back all of the modes and maps from the Nintendo 64 and GameCube versions of the game with a fresh coat of paint. So this is everything that people, it's all the nostalgia that we remember, but with the graphical fidelity and the gameplay kind of modifications that we need in order to be able to actually play games in 2021. Sure, sure. It's gorgeous. Um, It's got the five boards from the N64 version. This is the party game that we all remember playing in college, but it looks better and our kids will therefore be interested in playing. (laughs) Sure. All right. Makes sense. And I think this is a safe buy for just about anyone. It's new enough that I know a lot, you know, if you're buying a, if you're buying a Nintendo game blind for somebody that has a Switch, this is new enough that I don't know a lot of people would have gotten it because it came out late enough that I think most parents shut it down for the you got to wait until Christmas. You know, we all have that date where it's like, nope, yep. dude, we're not randomly buying stuff anymore. We're past the last birthday of the year. Sort of <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Put it on your list, kid. So, uh, and I think this is this came out after that date for a lot of families, and it is accessible to just about everybody. One of my EFG show co-host Jeff, his daughter is four, I think, and uh, she can play it with them. All right, cool. So that's cool. I I have to mention another Pokemon game, and that's Pokemon Snap. So new Pokemon Snap came out this April. How wild is that? And that is a new Pokemon Snap game. Pokemon Snap, if you don't know, you are a photographer, and you get in a little tank. It looks like a tank, but, you know, whatever. There's no guns. And your job is to just... rolls down this path, and your job is to take pictures of Pokemon. All right. (laughs) And that sounds super boring. However, first off, you're graded by how good your pictures are. And the other piece is, in order to make certain Pokemon come out, you have to do stuff in the environment to make them. So it's like a puzzle. Like, you can throw things like berries to, like, feed things or, you know, whatever. And so you have to look around and interact with the environment in different ways. And in some cases to get some of these crazy Pokemon to show up, you have to do like six or seven things in a row at different places in the map to get them to come out. There's a day and a night cycle for each of the maps. So there's different Pokemon that come out. There's, you know, like a berry you can throw at them to make them glow Um, and all sorts of other cool stuff. This is very pretty. It is very relaxing. This is a game that you can play if you don't like role-playing games, but really like Pokemon. Okay. And uh, the first one came out for Nintendo 64 a long time ago, and you used to be able to... Uh, there was a kiosk at Blockbuster, so you could bring your save, your uh, cartridge, or your memory card in and plug it in, and it would print out stickers. Well, wouldn't you know, Fujifilm yeah. made their own printer that I have. And so, like, if you are one of those people that is extra, they have a special Fujifilm. It's called the Instax Mini that you can use an app, and you can actually print your pictures out as stickers. Using one of these little Polaroid camera things. Wow. And the photo mode in this thing is absolutely insane. Like, you could make postcards out of this stuff. I'm not even joking. If you are someone who has a a kid who's into, like, graphic design and stuff like that, 
having them be able to take their pictures of their Pokemon, download them out of the app, and then mess around with them, and maybe even print them out using this Fujifilm thing, is just freaking wild. Wow. Yeah. See, you, I was like, it's a Pokemon Snap game. You can take pictures. You were like, this sounds boring. I just made it a little magical. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can think of somebody in our family who would... Really like that game. We uh, yeah. I think I mean I think everybody does, but it's also super pretty. It's really pretty. It has the advantage graphically of there's not a lot going on, right? Like it's not like they have to render the entire world. Yeah. They're rendering a pathway, and so since it's kind of on rails, they can spend a lot more energy like making the individual items and characters that much more attractive. Sure. Also, you don't get to see what Pokemon do in the real world very much, right? Like a lot of times they're just hanging out in grass and then you beat and them then, up and, and capture them. And then you them. capture them, yeah. Yeah, so whereas here you get to see them in the wild. So it's like a different kind of experience. It's kind of like Detective Pikachu in that way, right? Like where you get to kind of see what Pokemon are like. Here you get to see them out in the wild. So it's kind of neat. I'm going to finish my Nintendo recommendations. I'll go super fast with two role-playing games. One is Bravely Default 2 which is more or less a Final Fantasy game, but it's on the Switch. This game is better for families than the Bravely Default 1, who had a rather uh, pervy character in it. There's no other way to describe it. He was pervy. This one does not have that guy. My wife played a bunch of this game and was very excited to find out that that guy, not in this game. You don't need to have played the first one. This is just a very cool class-based RPG. Uh, There's a Catomancer class where you summon cats and they do stuff. <laughs> I, I mean, I would like the ability to summon cats and then actually have them do what I want them to do. I, I mean, right. yeah, this is yeah. literally, there is that. Uh, so this is, it is very cool. But if you want an absurd role-playing game, and when I say absurd, I'm not even joking that I'm going to recommend Metopia for the Nintendo Switch. Let me tell you, Metopia is me, M-I-I-topia. This is a yeah. role-playing game on the Switch where you create me's like from the Nintendo Wii. Yeah, I, I remember and the they Mies, join your yeah. party. So uh, my party in Metopia is as follows. Uh, Shovel Knight, Weird Al Yankovic, Charles Barkley. All right. Shaquille O'Neal I gotta have Chuck and Shaq I can't not have them me obviously my wife is actually just a villager she's somebody that you get quests from my villain is actually Larry the Cucumber perfect (laughs) I love it I was like wait the family gamers will get this reference yeah Larry the Cucumber is my villain and so this game is very simple it's class based also there's a chef and a dancer and obviously the dancer slash musician is Weird Al of course obviously you play through and it's very simple it's very dumb it's all about like building relationships between the characters but like you know are they friends are they hanging out and it's so absolutely dumb but it's wonderful in all the right ways it's also a little bit less expensive than some other nintendo games because it's only 50 bucks so that's those are my nintendo recommendations i think i covered something for everyone i think so yeah if you're stuck buying a gift blind and you don't feel comfortable buying mario party you can never go wrong with nintendo switch online Uh, especially this year nintendo switch online plus expansion pack which includes genesis and nintendo 64 games if you get those that is another it's kind of like game pass it's not as good of a value as game pass that's unstoppable but that is always a safe bet and it stacks on the end just like game pass awesome so that's nintendo all right there's something else you have for nintendo you need to explain to me and to the other parents out there who might be thinking about getting a switch for christmas what the difference is between the three different models of switch okay i can do that super fast now i'm hoping that you guys will put in your show notes the quick guide to the differences between the three nintendo switch models uh that i put on my website i will send uh andrew the link when he for when he crashed 
grasp those, but here's how it works. There's three models. There is the OG, the original Nintendo Switch. It retails for $299.99. You should not pay more than $299.99 for the original Switch model. If you are thinking about paying more, don't do it. Wait, you should not. This is a perfectly reasonable Switch. There's a bundle that's actually out, that's going to be out this holiday that actually includes Mario Kart 8, which is amazing. It's real good. Yep. So uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, uh, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so that's the original. That includes a dock and the tablet, as well as two Joy-Cons that are detachable controllers. That is the original that's been around since 2017. There is a new version that is the Switch OLED edition, which is technically an improvement for 90% of the people out there. You do not need the OLED edition. And I'll explain what that is in a minute. So if you are just buying a Switch for the first time, I think it is perfectly okay. Grab the original Switch. They have an Animal Crossing edition that's very cute. It has some of the little guys on the front. It's like a mint green. It's very pretty, Mm -hmm. very cute. Plenty of reasons to get that one. The OLED edition is the one that just came out this year. It's an extra $50. The screen on the tablet, a little bit bigger. It's also a little bit brighter and a little bit clearer because it has an OLED screen. Do I understand the technology behind the difference between the OLED and the not? I don't. I just know that it's brighter and clearer. And having held one in my hand, I can confirm it is a difference. However, for most people, especially if you're not going to be playing it in handheld, it's not worth the extra 50 bucks. Sure. Because if you're playing it on your TV, the resolution on the tablet doesn't really matter. Yep. One of the ways you can tell the difference between the OG Switch and the OLED one is the OLED one is white and the box is vertical, meaning it is like a cereal box. Whereas the regular Nintendo Switch, uh, the OG, uh, it looks like a cereal box on its side. So it's shaped like a boom box. Also, it comes in a bunch of different colors. Other than those two, there's a Switch Lite, quick and dirty. If you would have bought your kid a Game Boy, a DS, a 3DS, whatever, and this is the thing you want to buy for them because it's time for them to get a handheld gaming system and you would have bought them a 3DS, the Switch Lite is the correct decision because it does all of those things. You know, so it is a handheld gaming system. It is cheaper. It's $200. It comes in all sorts of bright, fun colors. There's lots of cool cases for it that you can get because we all know we got to protect our kids' handheld gaming systems because they just frisbee them all over the place. And so it is smaller. It is lighter. It's got light in the name. So my recommendation has been if you're buying it for one person, especially a kid who is primarily going to play it in handheld anyway, save yourself a hundred bucks because you don't need a dock if you're not, if you're never going to let them put it on the television. And that's where the switch light comes in. And again, if you think it's time for them to get their first game boy, more or less, this is it. That's their game boy. Okay. Those are the switch. Does that make sense? Anitra? That makes perfect sense. That probably makes more sense than any other explanation (laughs) I've heard thus far. So Good job. Yeah. If you all, the last piece of advice is if you already own the OG switch, unless it's broken or you need an extra or something like that, the OLED edition is not an upgrade. It's a replacement. Sure. Meaning if you need a second one or if the first one's busted, maybe it's got a cracked screen, you don't feel whatever, right? Like if there's a reason, go ahead, but don't view it like you're buying a new Xbox or buying a PlayStation Pro or something like that. This is a replacement. It's not an upgrade. It could have been if it was better graphics or something like that, maybe, but no. It's it's, it's very it's slightly better, and it's not really worth it unless you need or want a new Switch. Yeah, exactly. It is a replacement. It's a nice replacement, but it is not an upgrade. It's not something that you should run out and be like, oh, let's get rid of our old one that sure, works perfectly sure. fine. Nah, don't do that. 
Okay. Save your save your three fifty. All right, now I'll move on. My Xbox list is very short. Okay. Just freaking buy Game Pass. <laughs> That's it. The family gamers agree. Just buy Game Pass. I think that if you are an Xbox family and you're not opening at least a few, you know, gift cards for Xbox Game Pass, uh, then the people around you have failed you. Like, it's just, it's such an easy score. It's inexpensive because, you know, like a lot of people can't buy full value video games, Mm -hmm. but they want to give that video game experience. You were talking, you know, Black Friday, you're going to be able to spend 25 bucks to get three months of Game Pass. If four different people that are all buying smaller gifts for your family all show up and give you four, three months things, that's a year of Game Pass. That's a lot of video games yes, that people just kind of cobbled together. Yeah. So I think Game Pass is practical, which is the dumbest thing to think about, that it's a video game thing. But it's just so great. But I do have some games to talk about that we can mention, you know, for non-Game Pass. If you happen to want to open, give them a disc. And there's two, really. One of them's Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. Tony Hawk is another one of those games that a lot of us will remember playing in college. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2, the new version, is what we remember, not what it was. Okay. And so including the music and, you know, they've updated, it's very cool. There's a lot of kids that really are down with seeing videos of it and they've seen stuff on YouTube. This is one of those sneaky purchases that could, for a lot of kids, could end up being one of their favorite gifts because it is just stupid fun. All right. That is in keeping with the fact that Tony Hawk is somehow still very cool, uh, even though he is an old guy now. Yeah. Listen, he gives hope to all of us old guys. (laughs) The last one, it's Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. Because here's what really comes down. If you don't own a Nintendo Switch, you don't have a Smash game. Because Nintendo, because Smash is Nintendo's thing. Warner Brothers threw that all out the window this week when they announced Multiverses. But that's a show, that's a topic for a different show. But Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl is Super Smash Brothers, but with like SpongeBob and like Ninja Turtles and Avatar characters and stuff. Is it as good as Smash? No. I mean, there's no way around it. However... Is it a perfectly serviceable, fun, party platform brawler? Yes, it is. And if you ever wanted to play as SpongeBob and beat up the dad from the Wild Thornberries, all right, this is your this is your thing. There's some Ninja Turtles. April O'Neil's in it. Cora and Ang are in it. Oh, but then like Reptar is in it. So like I love this it. is it's so this is Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. It's also you know it's inexpensive uh, right now on Amazon. It's thirty bucks. It will never be on Game Pass. The licensing on this is such a nightmare. If you need to buy a disc, get it. With that said, it is not Smash. So if you have Smash and you love Smash, just play Smash. Sure. That makes perfect sense. Those recommendations are going to follow me over to the PlayStation side, you know, just to to throw those out for the PlayStation families out there. You know, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl and Tony Hawk Pro Skater are multi-platform games. They're on everything except Switch. Although Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl is on Switch. It's just eclipsed by Smash in just about every way. But it also picks up, uh, PlayStation picks up two other games that I think are absolute must-plays if you own that console. And that's Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, which is, uh, Ratchet and Clank has been around so long that he is, it's a well-known element. But this game probably at the time that I played it, it was the best looking video game I had ever seen, period. There's just so much going on. It's so funny. It's just like the particle effects and everything. Great. No load times on the plate. You know, Cause it's a PlayStation five exclusive. There are no load times, none. It is absolutely insane. There's a gun where you summon things from other PlayStation games and drop them on your enemies. So if you've ever wanted to play a cartoon 
shooter and drop Drake's Jeep from Uncharted on a bad guy. We got you covered. We got you covered. And the lastly is Kana Bridge of Spirits, which is in the run on the short list for the EFG game of the year. It is action platformer. You are, it's, I can't spoil it a lot, but it's very, it is, uh, it's giving me big time beyond good and evil vibes, which is a deep cut. From yep. the PS2 era. Is, is this the game that basically looks like you're playing a Pixar game? Or a, Pixar, a Pixar movie, rather? Yeah, the whole time. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah, okay. Oh, wow. It's so pretty. Uh, if they may, I mean, and what's crazy about that is that the game, this is a game made by an animation studio. Like, they're known before this for doing animation. Like, a fan movie is their big, is their big claim to fame. They made, like, okay. a fan movie for something. I'm not sure what. So this is their first game. And it came out the gate just blazing. Wow. <laughs> like, and so what's awesome about this is this is an awesome game. It's sold really well. It's very good. Like I said, it's on the shortlist for our game of the year. But we also, this is one of those like play it, you know, understand the world and the lore and get attached to the characters because Kana Bridge of Spirits 2, which is undoubtedly going to happen. This is going to be an Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed 2 situation where like the only difference is that Kana Bridge of Spirits is like actually good, not ironically good, which means the second one is just going to blow us all out of the water. So this is one of those get somebody in on the ground floor of a really awesome property so that they're not, you know, like I played God of War a couple years ago, but like I never played any of the original ones. And like, I feel like I missed out on some of that because I didn't play the originals. Get in on the ground floor on what's probably going to be one of the next big PlayStation properties for the next decade and also play arguably one of the best video games of the year, period. Right. That's it. Those are my, those are all my game recommendations. I did ramble a little bit. That's okay. Okay. Uh, we sometimes, expect that. sometimes it's uh, yeah. Well, okay, all the time it's expected. Sometimes it's appreciated. <laughs> all right, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Listen, I, I get it. All right, so just like kind of globally, like, is there anything that parents should be mindful of? I know that there's a uh, there's holiday gift recommendations and kind of commentary that you give every year. Like if you're buying a console for your kids, what you should do, that kind of stuff. You want to throw any of that out? Sure. Yeah, uh, I've got two. One, start early. And just be prepared for the fact that the supply chain issues that are hitting everything are hitting video games harder, almost as hard as they're hitting board games. Um, And Mm -hmm. I'm sure you guys have talked about that. They're hitting video games almost as hard. So if a console is something that you had on your list, don't wait. Go start looking today. Start calling around now. I don't know when this podcast is going published, but start now Um, because it's going to be hard to find them. And with video games, they're also going to be tough. The advantage to video games is you'll never run out of digital codes. So this might be the year that you figure out how to give the gift of digital games. Mm -hmm. And some of that is buying gift cards and being really creative. One year we gave my son a digital code for Rocket League and I taped the code to a package of egg noodles and wrapped it up for him. I think he's he was very confused because <laughs> it's so because and so I think we just got to get ready to be kind of creative and interesting this year. Um, so that's my first piece: get out early, don't wait, don't wait because if you wait, it's not going to go well. Um, yeah. my second piece is if you do get a new console, open the box. Don't wait until Christmas Day. And the reason for that is it is always Christmas Day. I log into Twitter after you know we're done with our stuff. And it is always a report of some kind of cyber attack on all these, all the networks. And so it's not like our Super Nintendo from back in the day where we could plug it in and play within minutes as long as somebody figured out where to put plug the wires in in the back of the TV. Like if there are updates there. These are computers now. So we have to think about it like buying a new computer. So my recommendation is take a day off. You know, if you can, when the kids are at school, open the box, 
plug it in and turn it on, set up accounts. There are instructions all over the internet on how to do that. At the And then whatever game you're going to give them, I know that this is going to be alien to some people, literally open the game, put the disc in. Yes, it's going to make them think that you got them a used game. They will appreciate it when they take Spider-Man or whatever out and throw that disc into the console and it works right away. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck waiting for updates and patches and stuff like that, which might not be able to download. And then you've got a, a brick that was supposed to be your big gift. So, um, and then when you're done, put it all back in a box, you know, and then tape it up if you want to. Yeah. They still have it to open, but it's actually ready to go. Exactly. I recommend that for everybody. You know, if you are, you know, a parent that's not tech savvy, it, it is not that hard. These systems are designed to be, they could be set up by children in a lot of cases. So I encourage you, if you need help, I'm sure, you know, you can hop into the Family Gamers community and ask them. I'm in that group and we can answer questions. I promise you it is easier than it sounds. Just take some time. Take a lunch break, plug it in. And if if for whatever reason you don't get the answer there, you can come on over to mine. Uh, engagefamilygaming.com slash community. You can join our Facebook group and you can ask, and this is a whole bunch of nerds just like in theirs. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I'm trying to not steal your thunder, but with two communities full of nerds that love to talk about this stuff, it would give us no greater pleasure. And I mean this, and you guys do this too. We The reason we make these holiday gift guides is because we want the kids that are tangentially related to our listeners to have an awesome time. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you are not bothering me or Andrew or Anitra or anybody to ask us questions about how to make Christmas morning better. I'm a fat guy with a gray beard. I want to be Santa. So <laughs> let me let me help. All right. Well, how about this, Stephen? So since we do know that you want to help, uh, and we, I mean, we know this, this is very genuine. Where can people find out more? I know you said you didn't want to like steal our thunder or whatever, but where can people find uh, your stuff online, find your team stuff online, uh, what, the community, you mentioned the community briefly on sure. social media, whatever. Where, where are those places? Sure. Best place is we have our blog. It's engagedfamilygaming.com. It is a website where, you know, we post our reviews, we post our picks of the week for, you know, the games that are coming out. Um, we have a, a growing glossary of gaming definitions. I super appreciate that. I'm glad. You know what? You're not the first person that said that. And believe it or not, they're some of our highest trafficked articles. And, and that makes me so happy. And so it's never going to stop. Uh, so you can go there. Bookmark that. Love it. Live it. We're going to try and put content out there. But the other thing you can do is find us on Facebook just by looking for Engage Family Gaming. But the thing that is the most active is our Facebook community. And so if you go to engagefamilygaming.com slash community or just search Engage Family Gaming community on Facebook, you'll find us. It's a group. We're 400 plus strong. And it's a bunch of nerds that love to make recommendations. We talk about games. If you are someone who remembers playing games as a kid and you just want a place to talk about games that you know is not going to be toxic and is also full of like-minded parents, come on in. We do all sorts of stuff. And I just started this week. Once a month, I'm going to be doing an AMA in my community where you can talk to me about anything. And I'm just going to sit there and eat my breakfast. And we're just going to rap about games for as long as my wife will let me. Because like today she was like, all right, honey, wrap it up. We got to go like see my brother. And I was like, I guess, but like the people, you know, and she was like, honey, they can, 
they can just post their comments and you can respond later. And I was like, yeah, you're right. So yeah, that's where you can find all of us. We have a podcast too. We, you know, look for Engage Fam Gaming Podcast. I'm being a little business dismissive and completing, completely forgetting the fact that we're on Twitch three nights a week. So if you go to twitch.tv slash Engage Family Gaming, you find my World of Warcraft stream on Mondays and you'll find my podcast recording on Tuesday and the EFG show every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we go over all the news that families care about. From a video game perspective. Yes. I don't talk about like the news news. I leave that to the professionals. But if you want to hear about multiverses, we talked about that on uh, Thursday and it got wild. All right. All right. Well, we've talked about all the places you can find Steven and ask more about video games. But you can also find us online. You can, yeah. Our uh, our stuff is pretty consistent. We are at Family Gamers AA on all of the things: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can find us at Family Gamers AA. You can also head over to our community. It's set up kind of the same way Engage Family Gamings is by going to thefamilygamers.com forward slash community. It'll bring you right into the Facebook community. We have right around 500 people in there. We are talking about stuff every single day, having a really good time. A lot of questions, especially like gift-related questions are coming in, so we keep Mm -hmm. posting our gift guide. But whatever, those are always coming in, and there's always opportunities to either ask questions or answer questions in there. Or share stuff you're excited about, because, you know, that's fun too, as we just said. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. You can also email us. You can, Andrew at thefamilygamers.com. Anitra at thefamilygamers.com. Please check out our Family Gamers and Play Games With Your Kids merchandise, t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, stuff like that, at thefamilygamers.com forward slash merch. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Family Gamers podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show if you haven't already, and leave us a review wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Yes, that would be very very appreciated. Family Gamers is sponsored by First Move Financial. Go to firstmovefinancial.com forward slash family gamers to learn how the team at First Move Financial can help you pile up the victory points. Well, I think that's going to be it for this week. That's I am, a lot. I am excited. I we, we had a couple of holes in our gift giving uh, list, our planned budgeted list for yes. giving gifts to our kids. I think we might have found some uh, some a, a few some things to, things fill, the to holes. fill those holes. So I'm pretty pumped for that. So thank you, Stephen, for that. I really, really do appreciate it. No problem. Happy to be here. You guys know anytime you need to, you know, get a pinch hitter to talk about video games, <laughs> I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. Absolutely. I even made a baseball joke. I, about that. I got that. <laughs> a plus. I was listening. <laughs> well, I think that's going to be it for this week. So until next week. Play games with your kids!